The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a great pleasure to announce our guest on this episode. Howard Jones is an iconic new wave artist, a true innovator in synth pop. He is an international performing artist. As a recording artist, he has released more than a dozen albums, the latest, the 2019 Transform, which was released on CD and vinyl, to great reviews. It's our pleasure to welcome singer, songwriter, musician, performing, and recording artist, Howard Jones. Hi there. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> it's a great pleasure. Oh, no, it's great. Well, great. No, it's a pleasure to be speaking with you. This new album is entitled Transform. It's a powerful word, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, I, I one of the, the theme of the album um, lyrically was was about, you know, if we want to create a more peaceful, equal world, then we have to start with ourselves. You know, we have to make the changes within ourselves. And it's about personal transformation, really, and how that then can ripple out into daily life and everything that we do, everyone we meet. And um, it's about facing the difficulties head on and not turning away and using those difficult experiences to become stronger and wiser and more courageous. And so, you know, I had that theme running through pretty much all the, um, all the tracks on the album. I have to say, I really, really love this album. It's great. Oh, great. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad you like it. Something that I felt a lot of from this album is a lot of emotion. How important is it to be in contact with your emotions when you're an artist? Well, I think that music itself is incredibly powerful and reaches parts of us that normal speech or dialogue or, or reading can't, can't, can't touch. And so I, as soon as I start writing new songs, I, I, I'm, I'm working with the music, I'm, I'm singing a lot, I'm, I'm opening up part of me that is, that is different to if you're just having a conversation with somebody. And I think that that's really what music is about. It's, it, it's, it's why music is so important, you know, to, um, for everyone, really. Um, Without music, I think life would be, you know, a, a much duller place. And it seems to touch the parts of us that, you know, the sort of emotional part of us, the heart side of our, of our, of our lives. And, you know, as soon as I start to get down to writing new things, I'm very conscious of that. And, you know, as I'm singing, as I'm writing the lyrics, I feel very in touch with my own feelings and my own you know aspirations and and my heartfelt myself in the world and um, so yeah that's that's the process really when you're writing music are you thinking about the people who are going to be listening and singing along in the audience or listening nowadays with earbuds are you thinking about them i i, I very much do think about them yeah i think about what things that I've um, seen in the world and the way that I'm reacting to it 
and I'm thinking about how other people are going through different things in their lives and what could be most useful, you know, to, to be communicating. And, you know, I've always been like that. It's never been the music just because I like music and it's great fun to do and everything like that. I, I, I honestly feel that it is a way of deeply communicating with people and offering, um, some insight into things and, and sort of encouragement really about, you know, not easy to, um, to get through for anybody. Nobody escapes difficulties and troubles. Um, there's no, not one person on the planet who doesn't have to go through struggles and battles. And I'm, I'm constantly thinking about that and what, and what, you know, what I would like to hear from, from music and from things I read and art in general. And I think it's, you know, it's opening oneself up to be broader in one's thinking and also courageous to battle through difficulties and, and believe and be hopeful about the future. So all those things are going through my head. And um, and then sometimes, you know, very personal things like there's a song on the album that I wrote for my mother who passed away several years ago. And I'd waited quite a long time to actually write a song about her and for her. And I was thinking about all the people who would share those feelings with me when they heard the song and, and how important it was for me to get the, the lyrics absolutely right and not too complicated and not too intellectual, but to really communicate something quite beautiful and vulnerable and fitting with with you know with the feelings that we that we have for people that are really close to us in our lives i have to say that song mother uh, mm. that you're talking about there mm. it, it's something that's so relatable well that's good that's good i think you know that's the aim you know the music to be to be you know relevant and and to um to share you know well basically you know the, sometimes i feel the the job of an artist is to articulate the things that we all feel. Artists have time to think and contemplate and, and work on their music or whatever it is they do. And they, you know, have the time to do that and, and, and then and then articulate it so that people can easily release those feelings themselves. Sometimes there's a misconception. I remember one guest on this show who he kind of made the suggestion that electronic music isn't soulful. And that's just not true. And I'm curious to know, is that something that you've perceived a kind of prejudice about electronic music by certain people? Um, <laughs> to be honest, I think you can experience prejudice about any kind of music and any kind of thing that you do. Um, That's true. <laughs> I mean, I, I find it sort of hilarious, really, because I'm, I'm sure that electronic music can be soulless, but so can somebody playing the piano really badly. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it, it's it's an instrument and it's a vehicle, <laughs> so it depends how you drive it, you know. Huh. Um, you can drive it and slam it into a wall and break things, or you can drive it in in a, in a, in a beautiful, smooth fashion that gives everybody a nice ride. I, 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 it's just it's so 
pathetic to me anybody saying things like that hmm. i just find it really difficult to answer it uh, it's like yeah okay okay take 10 people who play the piano you know and sit them down and you know basically a piano is a bunch of switches right you know mm-hmm. you press the switches and you get a sound i mean it's a mechanical instrument now some people can play that piano and you just are reduced to a heap you know of em- a complete emotional wreck you know and then someone else can play very similar and <laughs> hide so what's the difference it's the difference of the intention and the the commitment and the and the the, the sort of relationship between the player and their and their and their humanity and their feelings and their emotions and um it's always been like that you know technology has gone hand in hand with music since the beginning of time it's technology isn't it you know mm-hmm. violins um drums you know pianos um guitars it's technology technology has always driven music forward and given more um, colors and palettes to artists you know to play with and 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 you know it just it's it's to do with the person behind it isn't it you know the soul side of it um i mean i do <laughs> i just find those comments just hilarious really because as somebody who doesn't understand you know music yeah <laughs> i wanted to tell you about this young guy that I saw, my friend and I were at this restaurant, and this guy, he was maybe 20 years old or so, and he was just playing guitar and singing, and he did the most stunning version of No One Is To Blame. I wish I had gotten the guy's name, but I'm curious, has there been any place you've been surprised to hear your music? <laughs> well, I just... <laughs> I no not not really. I mean I I just finished a a short South American tour. I did three countries in South America, and I arrived back in Heathrow Airport, and I went into the men's bathroom, and new song was playing. In there. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little bit surprised to hear that. But yeah, no, I mean I I I I I, I always kind of get quite excited really when i when i hear new music played in 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 you know out there in public it, but i, I i'm not I, I i don't know if i'm surprised but i'm i'm really happy about it yeah i guess i guess you know that you've really made an impact when you're in a restroom in south america and there's your song yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that's wonderful is there a preparation you make before you record or before you go on stage, is there something like a ritual that you have? Um, yeah, I suppose so. I, I'm very much aware that, that the audience, you know, has, has made huge efforts to be at the show and they've spent money. They've had to make arrangements at home. They've had to travel. I mean, incredible efforts people make to, to, to come to shows. And I really want to uh, respect that. 
So, I mean, before I go on, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Buddhist, so I chant for 10, uh, for 10 minutes just before I go on to, you know, really give people a fantastic show and to be at my best and to be in good spirits myself, you know, so that I can really respect the fact that everyone's made such an effort to be there and, and, and to, uh, you know, you know, give them a really interesting and uplifting time. Do you find yourself zoning in on a certain person at times? Like, do you notice specific people in the audience? Uh, I try. I try not to actually, because once I start focusing on somebody, I get um, drawn into their their, uh, their uh, you know their, their state of mind <laughs> and the way they're reacting to the show, and it totally distracts me because I. I you know, I really need to concentrate um, on what I'm doing. I have so many things to think about, all the lyrics, the singing and the playing all at the same time and um, and what I'm going to say next and all those things. So I will give, I give people like a fleeting glance to just check that everything's, <laughs> everything's going well, but I don't linger on any one person because it, it, it is, it's too, it's too distracting. And I need to be, fully focused and concentrating on what I'm doing. Certainly with the number of places that you've traveled around the world, you've had a chance to meet a lot of people. I'm curious to know, what is the most touching thing a fan has said to you? Well, I mean, there's been countless things really, you know, over the years. I mean, almost on a daily basis, people write to me, obviously by email now. and and they tell me about you know how how the music has has been a part of their life and and had an impact on them and i don't know it's just there's so i mean there's there's thousands and thousands of stories really i i i i don't, I don't really remember all, all of obviously i can't remember all of them but i mean it it's just it's in general it's just amazing to think that you know what you spent so much time on, and 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 really slaved over getting the music to be as good as it possibly can be, and really to be as honest as you can be with with your lyrics, and that 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 you know is, is capable of of giving somebody a bit of a lift, you know, when they when they're going through a terrible time. And I remember at one show, I asked people to email me and and. Um, you know, request the song that they'd like me to play. And people would often sort of send little, little stories about why they, they wanted me to play that song. And I remember there was one when I was playing in Wales and uh, this email said that that their daughter had been involved in this terrible coach crash and she'd been really quite badly injured and she was in the middle of her studies to do her you know her, um, her her we have things called A levels here, which is what you use to get into university with. And so she was like, you know, in hospital and you know really struggling. And she played things can only get better every 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 single day. And you know made this sort of great recovery, did really well in her A levels, and and she was actually came to that show and. 
you know, it's things like that, 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 you know, makes, you know, I mean, I've always take, taken it very seriously what I do, but I mean, when you get feedback back like that on a sort of daily basis, then you, you know, you realize that it's very, very important um, that you make the work as good as possible so that, so that people can, can benefit from it. Wow. Absolutely. Is there anyone you're dreaming of collaborating, whether recording or writing songs? Um, no. Um, I mean, I'd quite like to write a song with Paul McCartney, but I, I suppose that's probably unlikely that that will happen. And that's the only person that I think... I mean, I, I, you know, as you know, I wrote three songs with BT on, on this album, and we, we, you know, we collaborated on three songs that... And I am a huge, huge fan of his and, and I've totally admired his work. I admire him even more now that I've worked with him. Um, and there's really not, you know, I, 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 I'm very much, I don't collaborate much. You know, I, I, I think for me, it's really important to have my individual voice. I like the idea of collaborations and I think that we've got to work together in society and everything. But artists, you know, are supposed to really, ha you know, have, you know, speak from their own experience and voice. And, and I think that's actually one of the powerful things about, about music. So I've, 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 you know, I've no sort of problem with coming up with ideas and, and, uh, and everything. But when somebody like BT comes along, I, I just have always admired their work, right, you know, for years and years. And then I managed to meet them, and and uh, that you know, then that just doesn't happen very much to me. I'm not, you know, I'm not a very social person, really. I suppose I just get on with my work and tour and do my thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. As you mentioned, BT and you collaborated on three of these songs. The first song on the album. Great song. Also, I want everyone out there listening, check out the YouTube video. It's really something. It's called The One to Love You. Tell us about that song. Um, yeah, well, that was the first, the first piece that we collaborated on. And I, I, um, I've been, I've been over to, to, to meet BT at his house, you know, in, in Maryland. And, and we, you know, we hung out in the studio and, started messing around with a load of analog synths and having a great time. And I said to him, look, man, we really, we, we really should do something together. This is just like, it's obvious that we should do something together. It's meant to be. And he said, man, he, you know, he said, I would die to do that, you know? So he started playing me a few things that ideas that he, that he was working on. And I think about second or third one in I said, I, I, I could, I can hear what I, what I would do with this, with this piece of music. I, I could kill this, you know? Um, and so it was, and that was the start of, of the one to love you. And then he sent me two other ideas and then, you know, we were sending stuff back and forth and, and all of them turned into, into pieces, you know, for the album. So, yeah. I mean, one of the things about BT's work is that it sounds so good even when he's just like working up ideas. I mean, it just sounds so good. It's just, in, for me, it was totally inspirational to then start adding stuff myself and vocal ideas and lyrics. And yeah, we, um, 
yeah, we had a really, a really great time doing it, actually. And then we ended up back in his studio mixing it at the end of the album. It was fun. Yeah, it was great. This album, as I was mentioning at the beginning, they can get it on CD, but they can also get it on vinyl. I don't know if it's, I'm imagining it's probably the same in the United Kingdom, but here in the United States, vinyl is becoming just like huge. Do you have any thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of, I, I think, I, I mean, I think vinyl is great as long as the artist or the people behind the work get involved with it being cut, you know, so that it sounds like it's supposed to sound. I mean, my kids bought me a vinyl of the, of the, um, of the Beatles white album, uh, which is one of the first, one of the early albums that I bought when I, when I was a teenager and that I played it to death and it sounded amazing. And they bought this sort of, again, they bought me this sort of remastered vinyl. And honestly, it sounded like shit. I mean, and I, I, and I thought, <laughs> Nobody can't you you know you so with so when I I know that everyone wanted me to do transform on the vinyl and so I thought right I thought I'm I'm going to get involved with this I'm going to make sure that this sounds absolutely brilliant you know on vinyl because you have to work at it it's not like CD where you can kind of translate pretty much what you're doing in the studio directly because it's digital straight onto CD and there's very little difference I mean there's a bit but hardly any. But with vinyl, you have to put the effort in, you know, to, on each track, it will require different things. You know, as you get towards the center of the, of, of the vinyl, the, the sound response is different. So you want tracks there that don't have so much bass end. And there's, there's like, it's an art form. And so, you know, if anybody's thinking of putting out vinyl, they've got to, you know, they've got to be in the studio with the guy cutting it and put the effort in to make sure that it sounds really good. And that's my only comment really is like, don't just let somebody else <laughs> take your digital masters and just whack it onto violence. It doesn't work. You've got to cont that it sounds right. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I just like to say to people, you know, just cause it's on violence, it doesn't mean it's going to sound great. <laughs> it just depends on, who's, you know, who's, who's been um, taking the care, you know, the due diligence has been done to make sure that vinyl sounds good. So that's my thoughts on it. I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of the way to transform sounds, you know, because I spent, you know, a couple of days in with the cutting engineer, you know, making sure that it sounded great. Well, Howard, would you have any, any uh, farewell words for our listeners? Yeah, well, you know, thanks ever so much for listening today and hope to see you soon on tour and all the various forms that I tour in. And I hope you enjoy the new album, Transform. Thank you. Howard, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Okay, thanks. Thanks very much. All right. Bye-bye now. Okay, all the best. Bye now. Bye. Goodbye.